Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Lorenzo James Carter, which is probably not his middle name, was the 66th pick in the 2018 NFL Draft. And after an impressive rookie year where he made the most out of his playing opportunities, he is looking to take a huge step up in 2019 in his second year. This is Previewing the Giants. That's right, David. This is Previewing the Giants. This is the first episode of what we hope is going to be Every single day besides Tuesdays and Sundays, we are going to be bringing you a mini episode, a Bleeding Blue mini episode, doing exactly what the title of this mini series is, Previewing the Giants. So, David, you excited or what? I'm really excited. I mean, my favorite part of every day is like that power nap you get after work. So, like, you know, you figure these episodes will be anywhere from 15 to 25 minutes probably. And... That's like your ideal amount of time for a power nap. So I think it's the perfect amount of time to really just jam as much information and, and, and analysis and an and introduction maybe to a new player for a new fan. It's a good opportunity to put all that information in a concealed, concise place so that maybe when, when, when the season gets going or, or that fan begins watching training camp or that fan begins watching preseason, they know what to be looking for. They, they, they're they saying, I remember when Justin said that thing about Lorenzo Carter, and I just saw it there. I'm really excited. Or you'll remember and say, oh, I remember when Justin or David said this thing about a player. And they were dead wrong, and I hate them. And, and they were dead wrong, and they're a bunch of idiots. Or Stapleton's right, and Justin doesn't read the succession of tweets. Zing. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. We're going, we're going insane on the oh yeah, that's, that's, on the that, soundboard. We're the really soundboard going was, a, was an awful move for uh, for for introduction to our podcast. All right, but basically, we're gonna get started on Lorenzo Carter. But every single day, besides Tuesdays Sundays. and Saturdays, Tuesdays will be a regular episode. Tuesdays will be a regular episode. Sunday will be most likely an off day, but we may need to actually fit a player in those days because we want to end the previewing the Giants series the day before the NFL season starts, which is September 8th against the Dallas Cowboys. So the way that we're going to break up these mini episodes is we are going to talk about a player's personality slash a personal piece. We're going to talk about where they came from, where they went to high school, some interesting facts about them, maybe when they're growing up or just about their personalities in general. We're going to give some stats and basic info. We're really going to rely on pro football focus. And then basically, we're going to give analysis. What does this mean? What do all those stats and that basic info mean about their 2019 season 
going forward into this year. And then we're going to give some predictions on what we think is going to happen for this specific player in 2019. And then we'll wrap it up. So let's get started on Lorenzo James Carter, which is probably not his middle name. Lorenzo, but he does have his nickname, Zoe Carter, went to Norcross High School in Georgia, the Norcross Blue Devils. Zoe won a state championship with this team in 2012 and 2013, was named to the USA Today All-USA High School football team after his senior year. Norcross High School is in northern Georgia. Some notable alumni of the Blue Devils are Bryce Butler of the Dolphins, Jeremy Davis, current wide receiver for the Chargers, an ex-training camp star for the Giants, Alvin Kamara, Jeremy Lamb, guard for the Hornets, and Chandler Massey, who is an actor of, on the soap opera Days of Our Lives. My mother loves that show. Do you like that show, David, Day, Days of Our Lives? Uh, personally, personally, I don't. My mom is more of a general hospital fan. Ooh. Ooh, I think my, I, my mother's a big fan of both, but I think Days of Our Lives was the show that I would always take a nap to in preschool. General Hospital. That was General Hospital for me. Shout out, shout out Luke and Laura, greatest uh, romance on TV. Wow, you remember those names? Oh, yeah. Sonny, Luke, Laura. That's all I got. There was probably a Michael somewhere in there. Speaking of Michael, do you know that uh, Lorenzo Carter has something uh, significantly in common, uh, in common with the Giants franchise sack leader? With the Giants franchise sack lead? Sack leader. Sack leader. Uh, no, I did not know that. Please share. They, have, uh, they both have tremendous gaps in their front teeth. Ah, ah very nice. Lorenzo Carter is also a bowler. He has so he has that in common with us. We are both bowlers ourselves, David. We are. He's a member of. He's a member of the story fraternity. We're we're, we're gonna have to go bowling with <laughs> Lorenzo Carter sometime, David. That'll we'll we'll interview him from a bowling alley. That would be that would probably be the most authentic interview ever ever recorded. Would you? I think we need. To would you it. intentionally let Lorenzo Carter beat you in bowling? Hell no, because he could beat me in everything else. Oh, that's true. That is true. I might stand a shot with, with him in that one field. His game day music is Future and Migos. Uh, David, do you listen to Future and yep. Migos? Well, that was. Yep. Oh, oh, that's great. <laughs> I need to. I need to make a sound bite out of that. I, I do. I, I I listen to Future and the Migos. Yes. All right. Uh, did you know that Migos is actually they're they're all related to each other? No. Is that why they're is that why they have is that why they have great chemistry? Apparently, I have never listened to Migos. You've never listened. You probably have. You didn't realize. Scrubu pop pow and a doo 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 stop. That that is like that would be like the '60s version of the Migos. Okay, Lorenzo Carter. He went to the University of Georgia. This is why these episodes are not realistically going to be 15 minutes. Because <laughs> David and I just get off on these tangents. Uh, he went to the University of Georgia. He had only 14 sacks during his three years of playing and getting reps. However, he was not asked to pass the rusher that much. However... Georgia Pro Football Focus had Carter as the most productive pass rusher amongst all FBS edge rushers, meaning pass rush productivity measures pressures created on a per-snap basis. And as people in football are beginning to understand, sacks as a statistic, they're losing relevance very quickly because you see offenses like Pat Shermer's, like 
Bill, Be- I was going to say Bill Belichick's offense. It's, it's Josh McDaniel's offense where there's such an emphasis of getting the ball out so quickly. So we are looking at QB hits and QB pressures are huge metrics where Lorenzo Carter shines and where you typically should look as a NFL football fan in today's game. You should be looking at quarterback hits and quarterback pressures as a way to measure what a good pass rusher is besides looking at the flashy sack stat. So coming out of Georgia, Lorenzo Carter had a 79 pro football focus grade and of course was drafted in the third round out of the 2018 draft. He's long. He plays long. He's a freakish athlete, probably one of the best edge rushers in his class in terms of his athleticism. Carter landed in the 98th percentile for his 40-yard time, in the 82nd percentile for his vertical leap, and 98th percentile for his broad jump. Last time we checked in, he was 6'5", 250, and I know, and actually it is confirmed, that he did put about 10 to 15 pounds on of muscle during this 2018 offseason. Last year, James Betcher and the Giants integrated him into the NFL game very slowly, and in my opinion, it was a great approach. He was able to hone in on his abilities as a third-down pass rusher towards the beginning of the season, and his role increased as the season went on. In total, he was in for about 46% of the team's snaps. He had about a 65.8 pro football focus grade last year, ranking in the top five of rookie linebackers and edge rushers. He played in 15 games, started in two, total of four sacks, 43 combined tackles, 30 solo, seven tackles for loss, 10 QB hits, and an approximate value, which AV is a almost like a war stat that's on pro football reference. I'm still looking into the le- legitimacy of that stat, but he did have an approximate value of two on pro football reference. According to Pro Football Focus, Carter is one of two rookie edge rushers with at least 21 pressures, five run stops, and a coverage grade over 80. Harold Landry of the Titans is the other. So now that I just named all those stats to you and I gave you all those numbers, David, tell me about what you saw from Lorenzo Carter's 2018 season, what you liked, what you didn't like, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I think coming in, I think collectively Giants fans, when Lorenzo Carter came into the league, we were excited about his athleticism, clearly. I mean, you're talking 98th percentile in his uh, in his position group is obviously elite. So he's clearly an athlete. You can see that just by looking at him. He's lanky. He's a big dude. He, he looks like a raw football player. He looked a lot, especially when he first came in looked like a raw football player, which the Giants for some reason seem to love that that player. So I think as as fans were looking at him, there, you know, it's a hold your breath moment. Will he actually will he produce? And I think what you saw a lot of last year was a guy who was learning how to use his body, was learning how to use his speed, use his his quickness as maybe maybe to make up for a little bit of the strength that he lacked. And I think at times you saw it, and then at times he would do a little bit of a disappearing act, and and he he mi- didn't produce the way that the Giants were hoping he'd produce early, you know, in in his rookie season. But I have to say, and, and maybe I'm getting a little ahead of us, and you can tell me to shut up if you want to tell me to shut up, Justin. You, I'm giving you the right. Art Stapleton earlier today. I know it's a it's a hold your breath moment when I bring up Art Stapleton right now, but. Uh, tweeted out some some just little snippet videos of different different uh, 
matchups, D linemen versus O linemen. So right in front of me, I'm watching uh, Lorenzo Carter go go up against Mike Rimmers. And when I tell you his quickness just j- jumped out. It was the first time I saw this, it just jumped out at me. I'm watching it over and over again right now. And he just basically runs around Mike Remmers. Now, that might say more about Remmers than it does Carter, but what I'm seeing here, what I've seen from other things that, that have surfaced from Carter, because he's probably been the most talked about giant coming out of camp so far, is he really looks like he's using his speed as a form of strength rather than just being that kind of quick guy off the edge. That, does that make any sense? Do, do, are you following me? No, it, it does make sense. And I kind of want to you, – you, you talked about Carter, you know, at times in his rookie year, maybe making like a, a disappearing act, right? But remember, David, I really don't think fans appreciate just how low his snap count was. Okay. So I'm looking at a, a metric from the IDP guys, and they have a metric where it's PAPS which is playmaking ability per snap. Now, I think this is really where, if you want to talk about like IDP, which is like fantasy football with like defensive guys, but I still think this is a very useful metric. So Harold Landry, who was a guy that I brought up before, um, and then also Miles Garrett. You know, Miles Garrett was a, was a first-round draft pick, and Lorenzo Carter was a third-round draft pick. So listen to this. Miles Garrett had a combined 44 tackles. Harold Landry had 44 as well. Lorenzo Carter had 43 according to this metric. Plays made. Miles Garrett, 31 and a half. Harold Landry, 12 and a half. Lorenzo Carter, 15. Now, all of those, you're like, all right, well, Miles Garrett made a lot more plays than the other two. But listen to the snap count. Almost 86% snap count for Miles Garrett. 40%, 40%, this again, this metric has the IDP guys, has Lorenzo Carter's snap count at 40%, Harold Landry at 56%. Games played 16, 15, 15, respectively. Games started, Miles Garrett started all 16, Lorenzo Carter started two. Now they have a PAPS score, the playmaking ability per snap, where the lower your PAPS score, the better. They have Miles Garrett's PAPS score as lower end with a 13.4 they have lorenzo carter's ability to make plays per snap now again 40 percent. he made 15 plays 43 combined tackles his pap score for 2018 they ranked him as elite an elite playmaker on the field so 2019 the dude's gonna get more snaps i hope he is not getting 2016 JPP Olivier Vernon stats and then uh, snaps and then you just run them into the ground. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping we don't get that because then you see, you know, Olivier, you know, they, those guys come back next year and they're all beat up. And that's why you see Olivier Vernon miss so many games is because they just didn't have any other depth. So I'm hoping he doesn't get like 90% a snap count. But the way that they used him in 2018, it was refining his skills and refining his skill set, learning how to be athletic, which you touched on, David. And now heading into 2019, he's going in with the plan. Instead of thinking about what he's going to do in a certain situation, like, oh, on this third down, am I going to go in with the swim? Am I going to go in with the rip? Am I going to try to hit a spin move? He's going in with a plan and with the muscle memory of, okay, I've been around this and I know what I'm doing. I've been here for a year. So, 
really, if you look, if you go back to his scouting report that he had going into the NFL, a lot of these things are still accurate where he does lack strength at the point of attack and can play soft in the run game. So we've talked a lot of positives about Lorenzo Carter and his ability to make plays, but that strength at the point of attack at impact and could play soft in the run game, that certainly is there. It did say that he has a lanky frame that allows blockers to get under his pads and drive him in the run game. Again, you hoping that we're hoping that when you add 15 pounds of muscle, that that is eliminated. And frankly, during training camp so far, that has showed his ability to engage and also use his speed, do both of those things very well. Really, I'm not concerned about him in coverage because, again, he was more of a coverage linebacker in college. He did not, he was very efficient when he was passing the rusher, but he was more of a coverage linebacker at Georgia. So I'm not concerned with that. He had a pro football focus grade of over 80 as a rookie, as a linebacker in coverage. That's incredible. So again, versatility in how the Giants are building this roster, how Dave Gettleman is building the roster, it's all centered around versatility. So this leads me to say I'm most concerned about him in the run game because even though he is able to make those tackles and make those plays, it's all about engaging with the offensive lineman, getting separation, and having the strength to get off of those blocks. That's what I'm a little bit concerned of. He's able to adjust very well, but in terms of getting that good initial contact, that's a little that's that's the biggest concern in my book, but it's not the biggest concern. So do you, you know, so I'm I'm kind of nitpicking there. If I, if, I mean, I'll just follow your lead and and put out my because, like you said, we started by by definitely talking positives. So if I, I'll follow your lead and go with a and go with a point of concern, what worries me is you you mentioned you don't want him getting Olivier Vernon JPP type snaps, and I don't think he will. But there is something to be said for in that front seven right now. The Giants are looking for a guy, right? So a guy who can be your game changer. They don't have one. You can make arguments for different guys, but I think Lorenzo Carter would definitely be in your top three of the guy who the Giants are hoping becomes a game changer. Every successful defense has a game changer somewhere in there. And what worries me is I just don't know if he's there. I don't know if he's ready. I don't know if he's ready to handle... When a when an opposing offense spends all week planning for what his strongest strongest strengths are, especially as he puts more and more stuff on tape, and teams begin to understand the way the Giants are going to try to attack them with him, what worries me is will he be able? Because like we're saying, if he lacks strength at the point of attack, it's very easy for an offense to attack him differently. It, it's it's easy to put him in, in in uncomfortable situations, get him in matchups that don't favor him, and I and right now, obviously, and, and this is no fault of his own, he hasn't had the opportunity to show anybody that he's prepared to handle game plans that are focused around taking him out of the equation. So, right now, from camp, what we're seeing is great. He's using his speed. He's He looks quicker off the ball. He looks stronger off the ball. He looks like he knows what he's doing. He looks like he knows. He, he just The game has slowed down for him, and that's a, such a cliche. But the game has slowed down for him as he sped up. You know, like, it, it, it's so funny. When, when the game slows down for a player, they actually seem to move faster. I, I saw a, a quote from Saquon, uh, Saquon Barkley about the screen pass that he picked off. And he was saying, you know, it wasn't really a bad play by Eli. That was a design play. He just, it, he said, I, and, and Saquon basically said, I did the right thing 
I tried to sell. I, I was trying to sell a block and slip out behind him, and he just ran it the whole way. And there was nothing anybody could do about it. He made a play. That's a really impressive play for a second-year player. Under, just, just that's, that's just elite level of understanding of what the offense is trying to do to you. I just want consistency. It, that's the, my, my worry about him is consistency, especially as teams begin to say, that's the guy in their defense we need to stop. And offenses can usually find a way to neutralize that. So can he counter? Will he, can, can he develop counter moves? Can he, can he develop different ways to affect the football game? And, and that remains to be seen. Right, and that's a great point, especially you brought up in the beginning of your comments where I, almost want, I, I was almost waiting for you to say, there's no Von Miller on the other side of Lorenzo Carter. Like, I think obviously obviously what, what would make Lorenzo Carter a lot stronger, and this isn't a hot take, what would make a, a player like Lorenzo Carter a lot stronger is if you did have a Von Miller, if you did have a Khalil Mack on the other side of him. But really, a, a spin on passing on Josh Allen at pick number six this year, like a spin on that whole 2018, I'm sorry, 2019 draft, is that the Giants really believe in what he does bring to the table as a primary pass rusher. So I really don't think that we should undermine that. Now, obviously, this is a huge expectation. I think, David, what you're saying is that the expectation for what offenses are going to game plan around, that is huge. And that's the part where you are where you're highlighting. But also at the same time, what the Giants are saying is that we passed on arguably the best pass rusher, the best edge rusher in the draft this year because we entrust Lorenzo Carter with that role. And then even though we have talked about, you know, in, on this podcast that we're in a passing league, this uh, this league is trending towards prioritizing a team secondary, stocking up on those pieces. So, and that's what we that's what we saw in the draft this year, right? Stocking up on the secondary, we're going to trust Lorenzo Carter in what he can do as a primary pass rusher and hope for the best. So how we're going to wrap up, David, is... Can I make one more really quick point? Let me one quick. You, you, mentioned, you mentioned stockpiling on the secondary, and I think we need to keep remembering there's a... When I think of James Betcher's defense and what he wants to do, I think of that idea of just guys flying, right? A bunch of different guys in different places flying to the ball, doing different things, and, and the offense not really knowing what's coming next, who's coming where. And I do think a guy like Lorenzo Carter fits so beautifully in a system like that because he can he's so versatile. He can do so many different things. The combination that he's showing of speed and strength kind of might remind you a little bit, and this is a loose comparison, don't kill me, reminds you a little bit of like an OC, right? Like an, like an OC Humanure, the kind of guy who, he can beat you, in, you can beat you inside now and again, but he can line up in different places. He can do different things. And I think we're, we're talking about the Giants defense doesn't have that Von Miller. He can't be the Robin to a Batman. He needs, he's, he's the Batman in theory, on this team. I think the secondary could help him a lot. I think the, I, I think the presence of different guys out of the secondary blitzing could free him up. And he doesn't need a, he, he does, won't take a lot of time for, to get from point A to point B. So I'm excited to see, you know, when he gets a running start at the line of scrimmage, 
that's tough for a defense to handle. So, so I think there's more reason for optimism with him. I'm just pumping the brakes and just saying, look, this is a guy, he, he's enormously high ceiling. But we need to see that ceiling become, you know, that, that ceiling needs to be realized. I'm t- I don't want to use the word potential with him anymore. He clearly, the Giants are like you're saying, they're entrusting him with being able to handle this workload and be that guy. So let's game time. Let's go. Let's get, let's get moving. All right. So let's wrap up and do some projections on how we think his season is going to go in terms of his stat line. So what I basically did is I compared other past giants, pass rushers seasons. I looked at Olivier Verdant's 2016 season. I looked at Jason Pierre Paul's 2011 season. I looked at OCU Manure's 2010 season. Granted, I understand it's a different system. These guys are running a 4-3 system. This is a 3-4. So I kind of combined what we saw out of Carter last year, but also combined it to some very, very high, great seasons that we've seen out of our number one pass rushers before. So David, this is what I basically ended up on. 80% of snaps for Lorenzo Carter in 2019. He has an 80% snap share. 60 combined tackles, 42 solo tackles, 11 sacks, which I, I think that's a big I think that's a big jump. 14 tackles for losses, 24 quarterback hits, and an AV of 10. Pro Football Focus grade of around 75, which I think is solid. I also think he's going to insert himself insert himself as an awesome pass deflector at the line of scrimmage and one of the most versatile 3-4 outside linebackers in the league. David, give your final projections on Lorenzo Carter uh, for the season if you have them, and then we'll wrap up. I'll go more based off of yours, and I'll say where I think you're right and where I think you're wrong. I think the sack number's too high. Uh, I don't think he's going to get to 11 sacks. I just don't think... Again, especially as the season wears on and teams realize this guy is a different player than he was in his rookie season. He's here. I don't think, I I think he'll still be very effective, but I think he'll be more effective in the QB hits, in uh, blowing up. I think he, I think he'll improve in the run game. So I could see his tackles being higher and his sacks being lower. Um, I think he'll just be around the ball more. I think that's kind of what I'm envisioning. Not so much of a north and south. I don't think he's going to be purely a pass rusher. I think he's going to be. I think he's just going to be around the ball a lot because I think his his understanding of the game is going is increasing, and understanding what the offense is trying to do, especially trying to neutralize him. And that's exactly what the uh, that's exactly what the uh, the PAPS uh, metric said. The playmaking ability per snap. The dude exactly. just makes plays. Exactly. 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 I think he'll just continue to improve on making plays. So I would say. For, comb- for tackles, uh, maybe more in the 70 to mid-70s range. So it's not a huge difference, but a difference nonetheless. Sacks, I could see maybe seven. I think he'll be up from last year, no doubt, but I don't think he's up to 11. The Giants haven't had a 10, a 10, uh, have not had a player have more than 10 sacks in the season, I think, since 2015. I don't think that's happening this year either. TFL's fine. 14 sounds good to me. The percentage of snaps, I think... Early in the year, it won't be that high. I, I think his percentage of snaps will go up a lot as the year goes on. This is, of course, barring injury, you know, assuming health. Um, I think early in the year, Betcher is going to play with a lot of different combinations, trying to figure out what's working. And when it becomes apparent that Carter's the guy they need on the field, I think his snaps will go way up. So I could see him the beginning of the year, maybe more around the, like 65% of snaps. 
trying to keep him fresh. And then as, you know, we really need to start hitting the pavement, I think he's going to – his uh, snap share will uh, drastically increase. So I want to apologize to everybody listening because we said that we were going to make this 10 to 15 minutes, but this is the first episode. We are we are living and we are learning in terms of our timing. Maybe let us know. Do you like these previewing the players longer? I mean, obviously, Lorenzo Carter. Lorenzo Carter is such a complex player, and there was a lot of stats. There was a lot of metrics that I really wanted to get into because when you only have a guy that played 40% of the snaps, you really do want to get into who he is and his strengths and his weaknesses, and I feel like he's such a complex player. Everybody is so high on him, and he has such high expectations. So maybe this is going to be an outlier of it, this being a long episode. I'm not quite sure. But anyway... Thank you so much for listening. The support has been unreal for Bleeding Blue. We will be continuing these every single day. We will have these mini episodes out, maybe not so many with them being a half an hour. Hopefully they all won't be a half an hour. But thank you for listening anyway. Go Big Blue. Keep on Bleeding Blue. And David. Until tomorrow, stay beautiful, everybody. <laughs>